What's going on, man? Happy Tuesday. Ah, it's another Tuesday back in the lab. Happy two consistent days after two days off of recording. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we're back at it. This is great. It's a great day. It is a great day. Weather's not too great. It's a little cold outside. It was raining this morning. Yeah, being that it was almost sixty degrees yesterday. <laughs> I know. I know. It's kind of it was kind of a bunch of BS because like yesterday. So Monday Monday is the day that Steph's Steph comes over here. Like that. Like that's that's consistent. We normally like alternate who whose house we go over every weekend. Just because there's an hour and ten minutes of distance between us. So just make things a little easier. We just pick one house every weekend. But every Monday she comes here. And I got to say, like, laying in bed and doing nothing is a lot better when it's, like, 30, 35 degrees outside as opposed to, like, 60. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's less enticing to go outside. It was snowing earlier. Was it? I missed that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were sleeping because, you know, night shift. But Right. Uh, yeah, it was snowing outside earlier. Like I said, hmm. darn near 60 degrees yesterday. Yeah. Mid-50s, snowing today. Thank goodness we're in Maryland. Gotta love it. You can never pack up your summer clothes, and you can never pack up your winter jacket. Yeah, all my shit. Like I had, like luckily I have two closets. Um, but like the closet here inside the lab that just has like my miscellaneous stuff, like my like heavier jackets, jerseys. Yeah, that's where all my jerseys sit too. Um, but yeah, like my miscellaneous, like like fl- like pretty much like my winter stuff, stuff that I wear during the winter time, flannels. Uh, heavy jackets, stuff like that. They all go in here. But like hoodies, I wear year round. Not outside, but I do wear them year round. Yeah. Um, and everything else is in my other closet. So, dude, I've been I've been thankful. I've only had to have the winter coat on for like that week this year, where it was like cold as shit outside. Yeah. But the whole country was cold. Right. Like right. there was that like swell coming through. Other than that, dude, I, I genuinely I don't wear a winter coat too often. I'm I'm normally in just a hoodie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm outside for 30 seconds walking to my car. Right. So I'm going to New York in a few weeks. So I'm going to bring like a heavier jacket when I go there. Probably a good call. Um, Just because... A little further north. Further north and everything is within walking distance. And of course, we're like a 20 minute walk from Times Square. Right. Yeah. So we're going to want to go see Ground Zero. All that shit. So... um. Ground Zero is not walkable, but that's beside the point. Besides the point. Yeah. That's like a, you know, surprisingly, like as, as small as the island is, because that's all New York City is. It's just an island. Um, As small as it is, it's like an hour and 15 minute car drive just to get to Ground Zero from where I'm staying. That's insanity. Yep. All because of traffic. Yeah. That's nuts. But you can take the subway for $2.50 and that'll get you done in 20 minutes. Huh. And we're right by Grand Central Station. So. You have to you have to let me know how that uh, that New York City subway is. I'm scared. I'm g- like genuinely. I'm scared of it. I won't. I won't admit this to Steph. She'll listen to this and she'll and she'll hear that I say this. I'm genuinely scared to go on the subway. I don't like going on the metro station. I don't like going on the metro in Baltimore. I've seen some wild shit. I thought I was gonna get robbed the one day on the metro in Baltimore. So funny story. <laughs> I was going to an Orioles game one day with <clears throat> with Keith, my mother, and uh, my stepbrother Justin. And there was this homeless guy like walking up and down the like walking up and down the trains, asking for change. We just like stared straight and ignored us, and he got the picture. He just kept walking. Um, but my stepbrother pulled a coin out of his wallet, 
and launched that thing down toward the end where he was standing. Oh, my God. And rolled it across the floor. I'd never seen someone scramble so quick for a quarter. Jeez. Like, what the hell? Right? Well, the one day, I think I was with you. <clears throat> yeah, it was, with, it was with you and Reno. We were going we were going down for an Orioles game. And uh, there was that dude walking from cart to cart with a taser. And he had that shit out. And he was like, Bzzz! like, he was like, he had that shit out, like, like, going with it. And like, oh, I must have missed that. He literally, like, opened the door to one cart from one train, that, opened the door to the other one, that and happens. changed carts. That doesn't really phase me. I've seen that happen multiple times. See, at this point now, like, I'm comfortable enough. I know where I'm going, and I know what I'm doing. I don't take the metro. Yeah, I don't really have to take the metro. But, um, Dude, like, dude had a taser. Like, like he was just like, bzz, like he had it out. He was showing it off. Like he was like, he was just like walking up and down the cart with like the taser, like setting it off. I'm like, yeah, I don't like this guy. I was like, this guy's gonna be like, all right, run it. You ever been in the metro where the dude jumps on trying to sell his back scratches and the candy? Like it's the same dude, sells no. both. Yeah, uh, no. I've, I've seen him at least five times. I've been on the metro when somebody like uh is coming back from like an Orioles game. They have like the cooler, like they were sitting outside selling like water and sodas all day. Yeah. Um, and one of the people I was with bought a soda from on the metro. That's awesome. He's like, Hey man, you got any sodas left in there? He's like, Yeah, I got one. He's like he's like, Yeah, I'll give you a dollar for one. He's like, Perfect, that's what I was selling for outside the stadium. <laughs> bought a bought a soda for a dollar. That's awesome. I was like, Wow, okay. Well this isn't how I expected my night to go. Like, the Metro is really not that bad. It's just so inconvenient that literally, in order to get to uh, the like the final destination of M&T or Camden Yards. Right. In order to get there, you literally have to get off in the sketchiest places in all of the DMV. Like, Owings Mills is the safest spot. Yeah, for sure. And that's really not even that safe. Yeah, I mean, you have your uh, choice between what, Charles Center and Lexington Market? I get off at Charles Center every time. That's, yeah, Charles Center every time. And that, that that's, like, sketchy, too. Yeah. Because, like, the, like, there's the little, like, there's a little business park. And depending on what time you're coming back, that's, like, Homeless Central. Yeah. All the homeless people sleep in there. And during the day, it's, like, it's so, so for those of you that don't know, Charles Center, uh, the Charles Center station stop in Baltimore City is right by the I forget what it's called, but it it was the Royal Farms Arena. Yeah, they've recently what, what, renamed yeah, it. Yeah, whatever they've renamed it to and whatever they're redoing it uh whatever they're going to rename it. Um it's it stops you it drops you right there. So it's really convenient if you're going there and it's not too far of a walk if you're going to M&T Bank or not M&T Bank, Camden Yards. It's it's a that's a hike if you're going to M&T Bank Stadium. Yeah, it's a bit of a bop. Um so that's like a, that's like a relatively safer spot because it, it you're like closer to the Inner Harbor. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on around there, but still, you never know. You never know. At home. It's like a, it's a safer area of Baltimore. Safer, not safe. Safer area of Baltimore. Safer area of Baltimore. I think the safest areas of Baltimore City are probably Camden Yards and M&T Bank Stadium on game days. That's it. Unless you're like an outside fan. Unless you're an away fan, not even. I mean, not not so much for Camden Yards. Yeah, not for Camden Yards. Because like, like away, like away baseball fans at stadiums are like a dime a dozen. You'll see a fucking Tigers jersey in, in Yankee Stadium for a Yankees versus Angels game. Yeah, dude. Uh, I think the one day I w- think 
I think it was the day we went to the Orioles game last season. Last season, we were literally counting all the different uh, jerseys that we saw. Like it was all over the place. Yeah, we didn't see not just MLB, but like period. Yeah, it was like a Milwaukee Bucks jersey, right? Because like baseball is one of those games where you like you go to the stadiums and you go to the games because they're cheap. It's a fun atmosphere. You get to like sit and like sit and during the day and just day drink. It's an opportunity for all the adults that have children to get away from their kids, all the adults that have work to not go to work. Like, it is literally an opportunity for all adults to just have a day with no responsibilities and go get drunk at a baseball stadium. Yep. Trust me, I go to a day game at least twice a year. Yeah, you, it, you and Tyler make it a mission. We make it a mission to go to, we, to go to daytime baseball games for the Orioles at least twice a year. I think we only went once last year. But that's beside the point. But yeah, we make it our mission to go to day games all the time. <laughs> I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Right. And now baseball season is upon us. I'm starting to look at baseball tickets now. <laughs> I know you just said, like, hey, you want to go to Orioles opening day? Like, maybe. You're like, all right, cool. They're in Boston. I'm like, what? But even so, like, you and I have talked about this on the podcast before. It's not, like, it's not, like, unachievable. Like, if you plan it out and put enough planning into it, it's not un- unachievable at all. No, it's it's really not. And you can visit every MLB stadium for much cheaper. Like we're like, oh, let's go visit any every NFL stadium. Right. Baseball stadiums would be so much cheaper. Yeah, I mean, I think right now I want to say the most expensive tickets are probably in all honesty, the probably the most expensive baseball tickets are probably going to be for like the Mets cuz their payroll is so goddamn high and they have to find a way to recoup that money somehow. <laughs> right. But even so, like in order to set up in the bleeds, like it's probably like what, like 70 bucks in City Field? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I was thinking probably the Yankees. The Yankees were really expensive when they first opened. Yankees, Dodgers, and probably Astros. Hmm. Probably, probably those three. Let's see. This is just going off of vivid seats. Um. April 25th, Washington Nationals and the Mets. That's a, that's a garbage game. Promenade, reserved, 521, row 10, four bucks. So, like, as long as you have the means to travel to Queens, New York, pay four bucks, get to go to a baseball game. That's not bad. Mm-mm, not bad at all. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, baseball games would be so much more achievable to, uh, to, like travel around for but football games just seem like more fun i would agree yeah it definitely it definitely would be much more fun yeah definitely well i said we hop into the to the real content here yeah let's go into it the nfl championship weekend just happened lots on pack we had one good game we had one blowout let's start with the blowout because it was the early game of sunday San Francisco 49ers heading into Philadelphia to take on the number one seed Eagles. And this game was over pretty early. And yes, the, the game the game was over pretty early, but it was it was it was kind of due to what like unfortunate circumstance. The honestly, for, the 49ers just got the worst end of the stick. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the 49ers had terrible luck as far as far as injuries went, which is which ended the day. 
you know, your team lost the game. Whether you whether you have whether you're at full capacity or at your not or if you're not at full capacity. I mean, the Ravens are the Ravens are one of those teams. Like we bitch about it, but end of the day, it's kind of out of our control. This was kind of out of the 49ers' control. On the first drive of the game, Brock Purdy ends up he ends up tearing his UCL on his elbow. Yeah. That's a he might need to get Tommy John surgery. Yeah, they're saying he's going to have to have surgery. He'll be out for six months. But so that was yeah, that was the 49ers' first drive of the of the game after the Eagles had already went down and scored a touchdown. So the Eagles were up seven nothing. Yep. Brock Purdy's four four for like twenty three yards or something like that. He's yep. he's something along those lines. Um. Yeah. Tears tears his UCL in his elbow on Hassan Reddick coming off the edge. Um. Got after him. Got the ball. Bent his elbow back a little bit. Fully unintentionally, like like this was not a dirty play. It was a football play. It was a football play. I mean, Brock Purdy was loading back for a pass. Hassan Reddick hit him at the perfect time. Hassan Reddick saw the football and he went to go get it. Right. Something that Hassan Reddick has made a living out of. He is he is one of the best pass rushers at forcing fumbles. Yeah. On plays like that, like perfect timing. It just works out that way, and he gets after the ball. Ultimately, after that. The um the 49ers had to turn to Josh Johnson. A little journeyman action. Journeyman action. Thirteen different teams in the NFL he's played for. Um his first ever playoff appearance. He threw for seventy four yards. Um it didn't really go as planned, especially because then he himself was ruled out of the game due to due to a concussion and they had to reinsert Brock Purdy back into the game. Yeah, who I think there was a report saying that like he couldn't feel his hand. Yeah, like because he tore the ligament in his elbow, he had like numbness in his hand. Like he literally just like couldn't feel it. It's like, well, how do you expect this kid to grip a football? Like he can't grip it and rip it with. He literally can't feel his hand. Right. Uh, Brock Purdy went four of four for twenty three yards on his very first on the very first drive of the game. Josh Johnson got knocked out. I want to say sometime in the middle of the third quarter. Brock Purdy finished four of four for twenty three yards. He couldn't throw the ball. No, he, he 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 was he was literally in there just to hand the ball off. Yeah, I heard somebody talking about it. they're like, why would they why would they just keep handing it off? Like like what? Why wouldn't they just like try to run the wildcat more and let Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey throw the football more? Why do they just keep handing it off? I'm like, because that gives them the best chance to win. It does, yeah. Like Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Juszczyk were both are are both their emergency quarterbacks. I mean Christian Christian McCaffrey can uncork a ball. I'm sure. I mean all these guys play in the NFL. I'm sure they could all throw the ball twenty thirty yards no problem. The issue is reading the defenses. That's why they play the positions that they that they do, and they don't play quarterback. Yeah, Lane Johnson with a torn adductor in or abductor in his pec could probably throw a football better than I can. Like Lane Johnson is a right tackle and has a torn muscle in his pec, and he can probably still throw a football better yeah. than I can. Ultimately, uh, once Brock Purdy went out of the game, this game was kind of over. Uh, final score thirty-one to seven. Philadelphia ran for four touchdowns: uh, two by Miles Sanders, one by Boston Scott, and one by Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Hurts ended up setting the NFL record for the most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in a single season. That includes the playoffs. That was rushing touchdown number 15 for him on the year. That's insanity. Yep. Uh, so Philadelphia gets the job done. They punch their ticket uh, to go to the Super Bowl. Um, this is a team that I've been pretty big on all year. I feel like I mentioned that last week as well. This was like this was a team that this was the team that I picked also. 
to um to win the game. I think you you said that they would win as well. I think you and I were both in agreement on this. Yeah, I said I was rooting for the Niners, but um, I said I think I'm rooting for the Niners, but I think the Eagles win this game. Yeah, I mean, I was I was asked who who I was rooting for in the game, and like I told the person who asked me, I didn't really care who won the game because I would I would be happy if either team had ended up winning the Super Bowl. Either one of great stories. I love Jalen Hurts. My yes. Oklahoma ties love. Uh, I want to see him succeed, uh, and then like the story of like Brock Purdy and the Forty ers like rookie quarterback going to the Super Bowl, representing his team as a third string quarterback that was Mister Irrelevant in the draft. Like it's just a great story. Um, and then once again, I just I like Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan's offense yeah. and uh, the way he runs that system over there. And then uh, I mean it like I couldn't I didn't really have a horse in this race. Mm-hmm. I was happy. I think both are great teams. Like you said, the, the 49ers just got the short end of the stick. Um, there was a play where Joey Bosa was just standing on the sideline, had somebody pushed into him, and the that person's cleat caught his calf, and his leg started bleeding on the sideline. Yeah. He's just standing there waiting to go into the field. Yeah. And, like, next you know, oh, shit, my leg's bleeding. Yeah. I mean, they were missing Elijah Mitchell in this game as well. They're missing their number two back. I just it just kind of seemed like it was one thing right after another for the 49ers. Um, they really caught the short end of the stick, but and it was I mean I, it just seemed like it was Philly's day to be their day. Yeah, and I mean one thing that I will say is you know this is kind of a testament <laughs> just to how good de- how good this uh, 49ers defense was. I mean holding holding what was the most explosive offense in the league to 269 total yards of offense. Um, I mean they had two long drives of sixty of sixty plus yards. Um, in the first half, and then they got sh- then they got set up on the twenty after a fumble by Josh Johnson. Yeah, uh, to re- just to really blow the game wide open. Boston Scott scored three plays later. After that, I mean, they really only had held Philly to ten points in the second half. Yeah, I mean, at halftime, it's twenty-one to seven. Yeah, it's, like, it's like, a fourteen-point game at that point. You don't have to stop running the ball. You like as well as the 49ers ran the football. I mean, Chris McCaffrey, 15 carries for 84 yards and a touchdown. You have your number two back in there. You have your Elijah Mitchell in there. I'm not saying it's a different game, but it, the outcome could have been a little bit different. It, I, it, it, it looks a little different than, than, how it, than how it ended up turning out. I mean, he had. I mean, Debo Samuel carried the ball six times for negative nine yards. Yeah. Like, like, you know when Debo Samuel's on the field, like, there's a really, really good chance that he is going to get the handoff, especially with no Elijah Mitchell or anything like that. He's pretty much acting as that second running back. Getting negative nine yards from your number two, granted, he's not the number two running back. He's not. He may get production, he may get touches like he is, but he, that's not what Debo Samuel is. Debo Samuel is a wide receiver. Getting negative nine yards out of a, out of a player running the ball, especially on six carries, that's really counterproductive for your team, it re- and it really hurt them ultimately. Yeah, it absolutely did. Um, and it, this this 49ers defense was built for a game like this. The offensive line and the defense. They like this is a team that is built like, hey, we don't have to have that superstar quarterback in order to win. You just need a quarterback. You just need a quarterback. And the unfortunate thing is, they didn't. Yeah, I mean, Br- they like Brock Purdy was able to finish the game, yes, but again, he didn't throw a single pass the rest of the game because he couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, George Kittle said it best. He's like, how do I feel like uh, like losing an NFC championship because I don't have a quarterback? It's pretty shitty. Yeah. I don't blame him. I mean, they literally lost four quarterbacks this season. Yep. Four quarterbacks due to injuries. Yeah. 
it's it, it's really tough to overcome. I mean, the fact that they've been 13-4 and four, with having to go through so many quarterbacks, you know, it's a real testament just to how good this team actually was. Again, the defense was outstanding. The offensive line is amazing. Kyle Shanahan has found a way to get the most out of what seems like not really the best group of skill players, especially heading into the season before they got Christian McCaffrey. He should be talked about for coach of the year. He should be, yeah. Dude, I mean, NFC Championship game going through three quarterbacks? One of which is a rookie. That's got to that's got to count for something. Yeah, absolutely. But ultimately, not to take anything away from Philadelphia, this was their day. This was their game. The running game was dominant. They didn't have anybody really go crazy. But Kenneth Gainwell, fourteen carries for forty eight yards. Miles Sanders, eleven for forty two and, and two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, eleven for thirty nine. Boston Scott, excuse me, six for twenty one. Yeah, I mean, like, that was my next thing, as I was getting ready to say. I don't want to take anything away from Philly. They definitely earned it. I mean, they've outscored opponents 69-14 to in the two playoff games that they've played. 69-14. to Yeah. That is insanity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But they have, a, uh, they have a tough matchup coming up in the Super Bowl against the winner of the Cincinnati Bengals heading into Kansas City to take on the number one seeded Chiefs. Um, this game came down to the wire, and it was the Kansas City Chiefs pulling out on top, 23-20. to So your Super Bowl matchup will be the Eagles versus the Chiefs, two number one seeds. But let's talk about this game first. Um, Man, I'm telling you, it's just such a travesty that the Bengals couldn't get it done in Burrowhead. I mean, I'm, how do you lose at home? I'm telling you, how, like, how devastating is it? You know, you're... You have all this confidence. You know, Joe Burrow should have killed this defense. He should have, like, Joe Burrow realistically should have thrown for 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns, right? I don't know why he didn't. I don't know why he didn't. He was at home. He was in Burrowhead. He was was in Burrowhead. I I don't understand why they couldn't get it done. I hate the Bengals so much. Seriously, I'll go. I'll go ahead and say this now. I don't re- like. I like. If you've listened to the podcast long enough, and if you know, like, if you know me as a person well enough, I'm 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 losing my language. I've toned it down here recently on the podcast, just because like swearing a lot on the podcast. That's not really like too professional, right? Well, it's a good thing we don't work for ESPN or Fox. Right. I'll just say this. Fuck the Bengals. I fucking hate them. Yes. I, like, like, I, didn't, I didn't really care what the outcome of, this, of, of the game was. And to be, to be quite frank with you, I can't stand the Chiefs either. I, I, I can't stand either of these teams. There was a lesser of two. It's kind of like, like voting for a president. That's what this game felt like. You were voting for the lesser right, of two evils. Right. You know, either way, no matter who wins, you're kind of fucked. But, but you're just like, which way are you going to be a little bit more okay with? It was kind of like it was kind of like Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. One dude, yeah, he's he's not really a great guy. But Hillary Clinton Clinton is a terrible person too. Is 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 a terrible person who should be in jail and she wasn't. So it's it's like a lesser of two evils. Like which one will be a little bit more worse? Probably Hillary Clinton. So yeah, I mean, you were you were picking between you were tweeting picking between uh you know Satan or like his right hand man. Right. It's it, like you're pretty you pretty much have to pick between getting punched in the face by Mike Tyson 
or like getting like getting punched in the face by Mike Tyson wearing boxing gloves now or getting punched in the face by Mike Tyson wearing boxing gloves back then. Either way, it's going to hurt a lot. Yeah, either one, way. one of them is going to be much worse than the other, and you just have to pick the lesser of two evils. <sighs> that was a hell of an analogy. Yeah, and the, and the Chiefs winning was the lesser of two evils. Ultimately, you know, we kind of, we kind of alluded to it two weeks, or last episode. Um, you know, I really don't have that big of a disdain for the Chiefs anymore. You know, the people who were really at the, at the root of it all, you know, the Brittany Mahomes, the Jackson Mahomes, they've been out of the media for the longest time now. Did you see that she tweeted at Eli Apple? I did, and I was actually very happy about that. I was fine with that yeah, one. Yeah, I was, I was fine with it. But they're, they're, they're really the ones that have, that have rooted my hatred of the Chiefs. Um, that and the fact that they've gotten the better, the, the better of the Ravens the majority of the time that they have played them since, since the start of the Lamar Jackson era. Um, but we're not here to talk about the Ravens right now. Um, so ultimately it came down to, okay, do I want to cheer for this team that has broken my heart so many times, or do I want to cheer for this team that has just, I think, royally pissed off the, the fandom of the NFL? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think all 31 other franchises kind of can't stand the Bengals, because not only are they sore winners, they're sore losers, yeah. too. Like, you get one. You have to pick one. I'm a sore loser. I'm a very competitive person. Right. I know that I'm a sore loser. Right. But once again, it comes from my competitiveness. If you're a sore loser, that's fine. You get one. That's okay. That, that, like, that's, that's, that's a little bit more common to be a sore loser. But if you're a sore winner, like thinking everything should be about you 100% of the time, that's just, that's just not the case at all. But you can, no, you can be a sore winner. I, I, whatever. But you get one. You can be a sore winner or you can be a sore loser. You can't be both. Like, you can talk your shit while you're on fucking Mount Rushmore when you're winning, whatever. That's fine. But you also have to be humble enough when you lose to be like, you know what? That one's on me. You know what? Like, I got it. That was on me. I, I fucked up. You get one. <laughs> right. You and, get one. And, and the, the, the thing that really bothers me the most is, um, like, when that criticism does come about, there's always an excuse. Yeah, always an excuse. Always, always a fucking excuse. The refs were the big one here. Look, and I'll say it. I'll, like, I'll, be, I'll, be the, I'll be the first one to say it, at least between you and me. There was a lot of times the Bengals got hosed. I'm not, like, not going to sugarcoat it. That, was, that may have been and from the very limited amount of time that I watched the game. I watched a little bit of the first quarter, and I watched all of the fourth. Can, can you give me the instances in where you think they got hosed at? Okay, so there was a play towards towards the end of the game. I think I want to say it was in the third quarter. I think they missed a uh, unnecessary roughness on the hit out of bounds. I, I I can't tell you shot for shot of when it happened, but I think they did miss a block. I think they did miss an unnecessary roughness penalty out of bounds. Okay, called on who? Like uh, it was not called. In favor of the Bengals. Okay. Bengals were on offense. Chiefs were on defense. It looked like a late hit out of bounds. Of course, they didn't really do it. They didn't really show a replay about it because, you know, the the golden child of CBS is the Chiefs. So of course they're not going to do anything to slander the Chiefs. Um. <sighs> but really, the the two the two things that really come to mind the most are, they're 
there was there was a block in the back on that punt that was being ran back. It wasn't obvious, but it could have been called. They could have called it against uh, the Bengals when Sam Hubbard was running that fumble back. Correct, correct. And I'm, I'll, I'll make this next point of, the, of, the, of another penalty that, that could have been called, but it wasn't. On that Mahomes run, you could, I, I could see in real time there was holding by the offensive line. In real time, I could see that. Yeah. With that said, there's holding on every single play in the NFL. Oh, yeah. I, I, could, watch, I could watch any football game and be like, well, there's a hold. All right, well, there's a hold. Yep, right. that's a hold. Can't do that. Right. Majority of the time, I'll scream that maybe twice a drive when the Ravens are on, are, are on defense. Um, and then a lot of other times, I'll look at something that the Ravens do and be like, help the hell out of him, didn't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> um, so th- there's, there's, there's holding on, literally, on literally, literally every single play in the NFL. So that that is what it is. They can't call them all. The, no, game, the game would oh, take five God, and a half God hours. No, God no. Yeah. And end of the day, you know, the the referees are human. They 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 miss calls. There's a lot going on. There's there's a, there's a lot going on. That I mean, in the NF, in in the playoffs, they have to add they add on more officials onto the field to make sure they do get these games right. Mm-hmm. So to see some calls get missed, okay, it is what it is. It's no big deal. It's okay. It's fine. The block in the back, um, it wasn't obvious. That was on the Skymore punt return, right? Correct. Yeah, that was on the Skymore punt return. I have one rebuttal for that one. Okay. Why the hell are you punting him the ball in the middle of the field? Good point. Yeah. But yeah. But why would you do that? And and again, you know, the the Bengals fans like know how how it feels now at this point because. The block in the back on Mark Andrews when Sam Hubbard was running that punt back or was running back that fumble for a touchdown that keeps the touchdown off the board. That does, and the way the Ravens defense was playing, who knows? It could have been different. The Bengals very well could have scored two plays later. Two yeah. plays. Who knows? They could have scored on the very next play, like like which good on you. Yeah, good on you. You got you got caught doing something you shouldn't have. Okay, you you still scored. Good for you. The, the Ravens still very well could have lost that game. I'm no stranger to it. At this point, that's happened almost a month ago. That's a point that I bring up. But end of the day, if you have to blame the officiating for losing you that game, you are a terrible fan base. You, you, clearly, you clearly don't know anything about the NFL if you have to blame the officiating for your team losing the game. No, these are just coming from people that don't play sports. I grew up playing baseball. I know I've said it on here before, but it's probably been a while. We were always taught, do not let the umpires decide the game for you. Right. Take it into your own hands. Like, win this game. Do not let it come down to the officials. We didn't. We, that was taught in baseball. That was taught in basketball that I played. And I'm sure if I played football, it would have been the same thing. But my mom wouldn't let me play tackle football. Was yeah. out of my, that was out of my hands. But it basically came down to don't let it come down to the officials. Right. Don't let the officials decide the game. You're playing the game. You decide the game. Right. So why the hell are you punting the ball to Sky Moore in the middle of the field knowing, like, you saw Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs get into field goal range last postseason against the Bills in 13 seconds. Yeah. 
why are you giving? Why why would you even consider giving them a chance? There's questions about Zach Taylor taking that timeout on that drive where they punted the ball away. He could have let the clock run and given the Chiefs less time. Yeah. There's some clock management issues there. Then you want to talk about the late hit out of bounds on Joseph Asai. Like, give me a break. That was a, like that was a late hit. That, that was that was a, that's that, a textbook late hit. That I, is as late of a hit as you can imagine. Like I understand that he's running at him and like, but you have to at least make an effort to pull up. Like if right. you make an effort to pull up and you just kind of like chest bump him and your arms aren't extending and you're literally pushing him into a bench, like. It, you probably you might get away with that call. It, it, like, they might be like that's incidental contact. Like you can clearly tell, like he could have flattened him and decided to pull up or start slowing down. Just grab him, just wrap your arms around him, run with him, something, something. Yeah, like it, it, the, like that was a late hit. That was it. Like that was a good call by the officials. Once again, why are you leaving it up to the officials? Would you would you just want the refs to swallow their whistle there and be like, oh, the refs can't decide this game? Then what are they out there for? Exactly. Exactly. Like, we're going to be playing NFL Blitz. Right. Here shortly, if that's, what, if that's what the Bengals fans want. Weren't they just crying about, like, dirty hits two weeks ago? Right. Dirty plays and all that shit. And now they're, they're, they're doing something like that. And, don't, like, like, don't, like, don't even say, oh, he had, he had no other choice. He couldn't, like, like, Patrick Mahomes could have kept getting the yards. He had two, there were two Bengals defenders right in front of him. That pulled up. That pulled up. Eli Apple was literally standing on the outer hash mark. There was nowhere else for Patrick Mahomes to go. Yeah. Like, that... like it's, it's, it's not like he could have just done a hard cut and gone upfield because, A, his ankle wouldn't have fucking allowed him. No. His ankle would not have allowed him to do that at all. And number two, there was, there was too many players right there in front of him. He couldn't have done it either way. Well, and that the, by the time the impact happened, like between Osai and Mahomes, Mahomes had already had one foot stepped out of bounds, and as his second foot hit down is when Osai hit him. So right. at that point, that's two feet down out of bounds. Exactly. <clears throat> at that point, Mahomes is already literally like two to three feet out of bounds. And it wasn't like it wasn't like it was a play where I've seen Lamar Jackson do this. He's running up the sideline. He's running the sideline the whole time. Thinks about making a guy miss, instead just hops out of bounds real quick. Right. If you look at if you look at the way Mahomes was running the whole time, he was on a beeline for the sideline because mm-hmm. he knew short time. I gotta get as many yards as possible and get, get out of bounds and get the fuck out of bounds. Yeah, and if you if if you look at the way that the that the Cincinnati Bengals players reacted that were on the sideline, Eli Apple, they knew. They, oh, they knew it. Like they weren't like they weren't pleading with the refs that it, that it wasn't a, that it was a bad call. They knew immediately. Fifteen yards coming. Yep. Immediately that it was a bad that that it was it was a bad decision. Yeah, I mean you just you can't make that on Patrick Mahomes. You can't make that you can't make that hit on any quarterback. No. Let's just say it. It, it doesn't it doesn't matter who it is. Trust me. If they, if they made that if they did that hit on Joe Burrow, that like the Bengals fans would have gone crazy. Yeah, you'd have been pissed if that was your quarterback. They would they would have thought it was such fucking heresy to yeah. see something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I really, I don't think that the Bengals got hosed in this game as much as everybody thinks. Like, I, 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 there's and, the whole, like, thing with uh, the Chiefs getting a second chance, like, on that on that drive when uh, Ron Tolbert, or however you pronounce his last name. Tolbert, yeah. Um, they completely botched the clock situation. So it was an incomplete pass. 
and Kansas City was getting ready to punt the ball away. And Torbert said, oh, like, both the game clock and the play clock will start on my signal. It should not have been the game clock starting, just the play clock starting. Right. They royally fucked the uh, they they did the they, the clock situation. Did. The line re- the line judge thankfully realized <laughs> it, but by the time he did, stadium was too loud. Yep, like he did all he could by running onto the field and saying, "Look, stop." Yeah, there was an incompletion on second down. They were getting ready to run third down. They did. It was at that point there was like another completion or something, and they were like going to punt the ball away. They're like, "No, stop the clock here and do that." I'm like, "What do you got? You guys are going to royally mess this up." Right. They're like, "All right, look, he tried to come onto the field, replay third down." Right. Bengals fans were pissed. Then Eli Apple got called for a holding, a very blatant holding, by the way. Of all very was it yeah. was a hold. Which gave Kansas City a fresh set of downs. Which they then proceeded to go three and out. Yeah. Like, I don't know that that... That, that, that play where they had to redo that down because the official running onto the field. It was the right call. It was the right call. And, and Kansas City went right off the field on the next play. Yeah, they went they went three and out. Like, they, they didn't move the ball. They didn't score any points off of it. Right. Um, it didn't... It didn't hurt anybody except for maybe the Chiefs later in the game. Exactly. Like, the Chiefs would have had, like, yeah, they would have had more time, but they kicked the field goal on, like, second down. Right. Because there was eight seconds left on the clock. There would have been... Well, it was first following the penalty. Yeah, first following the penalty. So, yeah, they kicked it on, what, first down? And, uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes could have just dropped back and thrown the ball out of bounds Mm -hmm. and, like, ran the clock down. I mean, would it really make a difference? Probably not. Like, I don't think that any, I don't think any of those like big things that everybody keeps talking about really affected the outcome of the game. No. Like, yeah, the Osai push on Mahomes, like, yeah, that did out- affect the outcome of the game, but that was the right call. Like, the ref isn't supposed to categorize when things happen, who they happen on, and whether it should be a, a, a flag or not. You can't categorize it. No. You see it, you call it. There was a late hit out of bounds, you have to call it. Yeah. So, I just think, and once again, Bengals, you got to stop pissing everybody off in the in the league. Yeah. I mean, your mayor's literally on Twitter putting out, like, public service announcements, like, whole speeches. Like, oh, Joe Burrow needs to take a paternity test to see if he's Patrick Mahomes' father. No, I don't even think he said father. I think he said daddy. He's, well, like when a city official, I was an, paraphrasing, an elected city official is using the term daddy in a speech, we've gone over the line. Yeah. Like I'm fine with like mayor of Kansas City or I don't even think they play in Kansas City, um, wherever they play, Missouri, like who and the mayor of Cincinnati, whoever the whoever they are, like being like, hey, I bet you that, you know, this and that, like for this. Like, you have to take my wife out for dinner or whatever. Like, or like, hey, just so you know, your barbecue sauce sucks. Like, fun banter like that, but being like, yeah, we're going to need a paternity test to see if he's Patrick Mahomes' daddy. And renaming the opposing team stadium, dude, that's, that's way over the line. Yeah. See, and, like, I don't know where this new entitled, like, like self-entitlement has come from from the Bengals. Like... You're you've been relevant for two years. Yeah, what their last division title was twenty 
15? Like, get over yourself. You've been relevant for two years. Who cares? You've still been a franchise for 50-plus years and haven't won a Super Bowl. Right. Got to have one of them. Like, come on, come on down to the Ravens Stadium if you want to see what one looks like because you're never going to get one of your franchise. Yeah, you won't get one. No. Because they're going to have to pay uh, Joe Burrow here. <clears throat> Look, and, and everybody, everybody says, oh, this was, this was the team of destiny. This was the team that was supposed to do it. If this, like, if this was the team that was supposed to do it, why like, didn't they? Why didn't they? Exactly. Well, the window is always open for Joe Burrow. Apparently, it is. His whole career is his his window. Appa- uh, apparently, I don't know. It seems like that window might be shutting pretty quickly. Because they're going to lose a lot of players on defense. Yeah. Their DC is interviewing with the Cardinals, and I think there's a really good chance of getting that job. Yeah, Lou on. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name. Anamaramo? It's something like that. Yeah. I think. Yeah, he's he's got a really good chance of getting of getting the job there in Arizona. I mean, did the like were there missed calls? Yes. That did not benefit the Bengals. Yes, I won't deny that. End of the day, they got outplayed. They missed opportunities. They, Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow threw two picks. One was a great defensive play. It really was, yeah. One was a great defensive play by Cook. Um, that was then intercepted by Trent McDuffie. Yeah, Brian Cook made a great defensive play yeah. there. And then, uh, who? There was another one. The other one, I think, it was just like a bad throw that yeah. Jalen Watson intercepted. Yeah. Um. Joshua. Oh, Joshua Williams had the interception. Why do I think it was Trent McDuffie? Either way. Because that secondary for the Chiefs is nothing but rookies. <clears throat> that is true. Yeah, I mean, dude, if you just if you just look at the the team stats, like you said, Joe Burrow, two interceptions, Patrick Mahomes, he had none. He did he did have a bad fumble, but he did have a bad fumble. You know, his hand just decided to stop working there. Yeah. I don't know what that was. But you look at the team stats, first downs. Bengals had eighteen. Chiefs had twenty three. First downs from penalties. I mean, yeah, the Chiefs had three, Bengals had one. But you look at third down efficiency, Chiefs were better. 7 of 14 versus the Bengals 6 and 14. They were both 1 and 1 on fourth down. Total plays, Kansas City ran three more plays. Had 357 yards of offense versus the Bengals 309 yards of offense. And the Bengals had one more drive, which I don't know if that kickoff to them at the end of the game technically counts. No, I don't think it does. But either way, yards per play. Kansas City was better. 5.4 versus the Bengals, 4.9. Patrick Mahomes was more efficient throwing the football. He was 29 of 43 versus Joe Burrow being 26 of 41. I mean, he had more yards per pass. 6.8 versus Joe Burrow's 5.2. He was sack less three times for 11 yards versus five sacks for 32 yards. Granted, the Bengals had more rushing yards. But, I mean, you look, you look at the total, you look at everything. Red zone, they were better in the red zone, two of three. Bengals were one of three. Less penalties, four for 55 yards instead of nine for 71. Time of possession, Kansas City, th- almost 33 minutes versus the Bengals just over 27. Yeah. 
I mean, the Bengals, uh, the Bengals were outclassed in almost every statistical category except for total rushing yards. Right. It, it, the better team won. They did. Yeah. I mean, we, we, when you check off nine out of ten boxes, you check off ninety percent of the boxes for a team that lost their three of their top four receivers. Right. I mean, they're rocking with Sky Moore, Travis Kelsey, Marquez Valdez Scantling. And there was somebody else. I want to say it was uh, Marcus Kemp. Yeah, Marcus Kemp, who I think has more career tackles than receptions. <sighs> um, dude, I'm not kidding. And Noah Gray. Yeah, and Noah Gray. There's there's one guy on that team. I mean, he has legitimately more tackles versus um, receptions. I mean, they lost Juju Smith Schuster. They lost Kadarius Tony. They lost Mecole Hardman. I mean, they were rocking. They were rocking straight up depth pieces. And I mean Patrick Mahomes having the bum ankle, you know, this that that was like prime opportunity for the for the Bengals to just send as much blitz as they wanted to. And they didn't and they couldn't get it done. In my opinion, the better team won. And uh it makes me very happy that that better team was Kansas City. Yeah. Um, once again, do not like the Bengals. Do not like their fans. Some of them are okay. Like, there was one guy, he was a Bengals fan, he was on Pat McAfee's show, yeah. and he writes an article for, like, uh, for the Bengals, or, like, for... He's like a beat writer for the Bengals. Yeah, he's like a beat writer for the Bengals right around the Cincinnati area. He said there was, like, literally Bengals fans attacking, like, his personal character. Because he wouldn't blame the loss on the referees. He said, like, yeah, the refs were bad, and, like, but we also missed opportunities, and they're not mutually exclusive. Like, both can be true. He's like, yeah, people are online, like, calling me, like, a piece of crap and, like, a fat piece of crap. I'm like, dude, what? Yeah. I'm like, that's what I'm saying. You guys, like, 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 you can't win with class and you can't lose with class. You can't have it both ways. You gotta pick one. Right. You can also pick none. Right. Pick none. Like, don't say anything when you lose. Don't say anything when you win. It's an option. Like, the best team, like, you don't see the best teams talking shit like that. Eagles didn't. You didn't hear anything from the Eagles. If you didn't talk shit, you wouldn't have heard anything from the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, you got Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes doing post-game interviews, talking about Burrow had this, Burrow had that, Travis Kelsey calling out uh, Cincinnati's mayor. Calling him a jabroni. Calling him a jabroni. Uh, he was, like, mimicking the rock. Yeah. That's where it all came from. With the Ric Flair woos in there. Right. Just an absolute montage of... Like, quoting the Beastie Boys. Yeah, right. Like, come <laughs> right. on. Right. I mean, you have... um, Whose dad was it? it, it like, someone's dad of the Chiefs was on the field smoking a cigar, said he was smoking that Burrow pack. Oh, my gosh. Or that Bengals pack or something like that. Jesus. <laughs> and where was Eli Apple in all this? Silent. Don't talk no don't start no shit won't be no shit. Cancun on three. Cancun on three. That's right. Dude, everybody on Twitter was bashing him. Makes me happy. They even started um they even started bashing Eli Apple's mom. To the point that she deleted her Twitter. She deleted her Twitter because of it, yeah. I mean you can leave the moms out of it. I'm not okay with that. It's Eli Apple, I really don't care. Nah, you can leave the moms out of it. I'll 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 keep it there. I'll draw the line there. Leave the families out of it. For the Bengals. No, no. Leave the families out of it. Uh-uh. I draw, I do draw the line there. I can't. I can't do it. I'm just like I'm just very happy that the like I'm just very happy that the Bengals are out of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean I am too, but I still think 
leave the families out of it. Eli Apple wants to run his mouth. That's fine. Run your mouth back at him, but leave his mom or any loved ones out of it. Mm-mm. They they got no parts. Fuck all that. Now, if his mom was on Twitter talking shit at people and then they're getting she's like they're clapping back at her because she was on talking shit then that's one thing right but if people are just clapping at her because her son is talking shit ah, leave her out of it <clears throat> i will i will draw the line there and i'll do that for any fan base leave the family well, out of it we'll agree to disagree on that one we can we can agree to disagree on that one yeah i just like i'll keep it classy over again here. i just i just I just don't know where this like new sense of entitlement comes from for the Bengals. Like, like you've sucked for as long as I can remember. It's that new wave, bro. Everybody thinks that the everybody thinks they're the main character. I guess I don't know. The Bengals think that they're the main character. They're just a side piece in this whole story. They really are. And I also want to clear this up. I joke about it. I have no issues joking about it. The NFL is not rigged. No, God, no. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't even, don't even say. Okay, well, the NFL's got to be rigged. Okay, if you want to talk about the NFL being rigged, let's break it down. When was the last time the Cowboys have been in the, have been in the Super Bowl? Biggest brand in the NFL. The the most marketable team for the entire NFL. If the NFL was rigged, wouldn't you want them to be playing in the Super Bowl? Like them and the Steelers, year in, year out. Year in, year out. You want Tom Brady thrown in the mix somewhere. Year in and year out. That's all you want to see. That would literally be all you want to see. Cincinnati is supposed to be this young, up-and-coming team that everybody's supposed to be so excited about. They have the quote-unquote best quarterback in the league. If the NFL was rigged, wouldn't you want to see that team in the Super Bowl? Yeah, wouldn't you want to see Joe Burrow versus Jalen Hurts? Right. Or I guess it would be Bengals versus Cowboys if it was. Well, yeah, if it was rigged, right? With 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 that mindset, no, no, it would it they would have, if it if it was rigged, they would have had to been Bengal the Bengals versus the rookie versus Brock Purdy. Yeah. The bill the Bills were the on were the were the were the preseason favorite to win the entire thing. Where are they at in this equation? I mean, why not have Justin Fields versus Joe Burrow? Right. The guy, you know, Joe Burrow couldn't even beat out. Right. What a story that would have been. The NFL is not rigged. It is so, it is so far from rigged. Why are we putting the Giants in the playoffs? Right. If the NFL's rigged. Right. We like, got the Dolphins with like, Skylar Thompson. We just, like, the NFL is so rigged, they decided to leave the Packers out of the playoffs and put in the Seahawks. And bounce Tom Brady in the first round, granted to the Cowboys, but. Right. The defending Super Bowl champion was one of the five worst teams record-wise in the NFL. How come we've never seen Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers in a Super Bowl? Why is that? How come we've never seen it? Yeah, I mean, I just. uh... Arizona supposed to be playing at, would have been playing at home. What a great story that would have been. That would have been three straight Super Bowls where a Super Bowl was played by a home team. Right. Been a home game. I mean, like, I, I joke about it all the time, and, like, I'll be like, yeah, it's rigged, whatever, when it's convenient for me to say it's rigged. It's one thing to <clears throat> joke about it. Yeah, but it's not rigged. No, uh, it's far from it. Like, like, if, like, if you joke about it, okay, but 
to actually like try to say that everybody's out against you. This is also specifically for Cincinnati to to say everybody is against you and nobody wants you to win. A, that's true. B, the the NFL is not trying to intentionally screw the Bengals out of a playoff win. Did Ron Tolbert and his team get a lot of things wrong in this game? Yes. You're goddamn right they did. Yeah, they they royally messed up a lot of things in this game. You are damn right. And and I'll say this, Bengals fans, some of those calls, you have a right to be mad. Because if, if a lot of those things happened to the Ravens, I would be mad too. Yeah. Like, I'll call for both sides of the coin. You have a right to be pissed off at some of the things that happened in that game. But I'm also happy it happened to you. I'm very happy it happened to you. But, end of the day, your team got outplayed. There's no other way to say it. You got outplayed. Your team made the mistakes when they should not have made the mistakes. Justified, unjustified, whether you think I'm right, whether you think I'm wrong. That's the fact of it. Joseph Asai should have no business pushing t- like you have to know what is going on in that situation yeah you you gotta you gotta read the room you the- ha- like you have to have the situational awareness to understand look i know he's going out of bounds he's not going to fight for extra yards why am i going to touch him but that's the difference between having a 22 year old linebacker out there who i'll be honest had a phenomenal game joseph Asai played his ass off he had a phenomenal game. Outside of that one play, take that one play out of the picture for him, he had a phenomenal game. He is the reason why the game is so close. Yeah, he was all over the place. He was. Like, he was getting after the passer. He was in the backfield, tackles for loss, breaking up passes. Like, dude was all over the he, place. He was all over the place. And, and, it's, and unfortunately for him, it's all forgotten because of one play, one mistake that he made. He's 22. I mean... There's a difference between him doing that and Bobby Wagner doing that. Right. Bobby Wagner's a, what, 12, 13-year veteran at this point? Right. Exactly. I don't know if it's that much. It might be. I don't think it's that high, but, but it's, it's up there. Eight years. Yeah. Bobby Wagner's been playing football for eight years. At least, yeah. There's a difference between an eight-year veteran and, what, a rookie second-year guy? Right. Making that? I mean, just read the room. Yeah. And I, I, I will say this. BJ Hill. I got respect for you, brother. Mad props. Jermaine Pratt. Piece of shit. Yeah. Like, BJ Hill stood by Joseph Asai and, like, showed, like, hey, look. I mean, like, th- there's, there's no other way to say it. He played a great game. But Joseph Asai fucked his team. Yeah, there's, he did. There, there's, no, there's no other way to say it. But to have, have your own teammate standing there next to you and be like, look, showing everybody he may have made the mistake that lost them the game. You saw my brother. Yeah, you got Jermaine Pratt walking to the locker room yelling, why would you push the quarterback? Right. Now, granted, I didn't see Joseph Osai in that video. Neither did I. Neither did I. And, I, and you know who I did see in that video, though? Zach Taylor walked right in the opposite direction. Yep. And this, all, this also just goes to show that the Chiefs, are the Patrick Mahomes leads a very very good Chiefs team. Joe Burrow is the leader of a team with good players. Yeah, I mean we said it. We said it last week, last Friday that uh, 
Zach Taylor is a benefit of having Joe Burrow. Exactly. Whereas Patrick Mahomes is a benefit of having Andy Reid. Yes. And it shows in the in the leadership alone. I mean, Andy Reid has no issue standing up there saying, you know what, that's on me. Like, I I didn't do my job. Like, Andy Andy Reid is a leader. Where I think is Zach Taylor is kind of looking at Joe Burrow. Like, hey, Joe, you got you, you going to fall on this sword? You got this one for me, buddy? Right. You got you got this one? That. Cool. Right. The Chiefs are a great team. The Chiefs, uh, Chiefs are, are are a good team. No, they're a great team. They're the class of the AFC. This this, this five year. five five straight AFC championships, three Super Bowls in five years. They're the class of the AFC. Well, I'm trying to. I'm not. I'm not trying to mention the word greatness and Cincinnati in the same sentence. So put a period in there. The the chief the Chiefs are a very good team. The Bengals have good players that play on the team. Yeah, where's the difference? And and and, and I mean, it, like it goes to show, like the Chiefs know. Hey, we have a common goal in mind. We're gonna get like we're gonna get on our best players' backs, and they're gonna lead us to go to. We're gonna handle our business, and we're gonna win. I mean, you got. Marquez Valdez Scantling going over 100 yards receiving. Right, like we're like we're going to lean on our best players, and they're going to win us the game. And they did. They're and they're and they're celebrating now because of it. The Bengals have good players, who who don't play as a team. Jermaine Pratt made it very very obvious that he is out there for himself, not for his brothers. You wouldn't be you wouldn't be saying you wouldn't be yelling don't touch the quarterback in that situation if you were a team. That's just how it is. That 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 that's that's the way that it shows to me. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like Jermaine Pratt doing that either. It's tough for me to say. Um, I mean, I don't know. I've I've you, know, you, you I've lost a little league world championship, like little league championship for baseball, and I was like crying. I was upset. So I can only imagine what it means to lose an AFC championship to play for a Super Bowl in the NFL as a grown man. Like that's your livelihood, right? I like, can only imagine. Yeah, but like, at, like end of the day, like you can't blame. Like we can sit here and say, okay, yeah, Joseph Asai made the mistake and lost in the game. We could sit here and say that, but as a team, you can't like you can't just go around yelling about one specific instance by a specific player that lost your team. You know the cameras are there too. Exactly, Jermaine Pratt's he's he's been around a little bit. You, you know, you like, know the you, cameras are you there. You know you know the situation that you're in. Why wait. like why would you even think that's a good idea? Yeah, I mean you can at least wait till you're in the locker room. Say whatever the hell you want in the locker room. I don't care. Fight him in the locker room. Yeah. If like if you're that worked up that you want to fight your own teammate because of a, a mistake that he made, good for you. Do it. Shows how big you are as a person. But you'll, you'll never, you'll never be on another NFL franchise. You, you will, you will never work in this business again. But go ahead, do it. There's something about those Bengals linebackers. It's got to be, man. Are you kidding me? Him, Vontez, perfect. They didn't, and just beside, they just all be making dumb mistakes. <laughs> it's something about those Bengals, uh, those Bengals linebackers. All right, let's mo- let's move on to a more positive note. We've we've bashed the Bengals enough. I don't think that that those that sentence whatever is going to come out of my mouth, but uh, yeah, no, it happened. I just, I just don't want this entire episode to be about my disdain for the Bengals. Exactly, that's why I'm like, hey, let's lighten the mood up a little bit here. So, um, it's not really big news, but <clears throat> it was kind of to be expected. 
Uh, we talked about it last week. It kind of went from how much do the Ravens pay Lamar Jackson to where do the Ravens send Lamar Jackson? Um, it was reported today via Ian Rappaport on Pat McAfee's show that it is expected that Lamar Jackson will receive the exclusive franchise tag offer from the Ravens, um, meaning that other teams are not able to um, put in an offer sheet for Lamar Jackson that uh, if the Ravens do not match, then they will get two first-round picks in return. The Ravens have exclusive rights to Lamar Jackson in order to get a deal done for him. This is all speculation, of course. The Ravens have not made any official move as of yet. Um, I'm sure contract negotiations are still ongoing right now with Lamar Jackson, um, but that is just something that Ian Rappaport is speculating will happen. Um, now as far as, I mean, next, next thing people are probably going to think about is, okay, well, where does it leave us as far as how much the Marson end up getting paid? So with the exclusive tag, with the exclusive, exclusive tag, um, it goes one of two ways. It's either 120% of your year of your salary the year before, or it is the average of the top five earners at the, at your position which everyone ends up being greater. So in this case, since the top five earners in the NFL all make over $40 million, that is, a, that is going to be the number that Lamar ends up getting paid, that, that top five earner spot. So if he was to receive the non-exclusive tag, he would make $32.416 million. Mm. If he received the exclusive tag, he would receive $45,457,732. I don't know why this person decided they were going to come down to the exact number like that versus the other one, but that's what it is. And that's fully guaranteed, by the way. Fully guaranteed. Now, that is subject to change. Um, it's not finalized until after free agency around mid-April. Uh, but the exclusive average comes from the top five candidates of Deshaun Watson's $54.99 million, Dak Prescott's $49.13 million, Patrick Mahomes' $46.79 million, Josh Allen's $39.77 million, and Ryan Tannehill's $36.6 million. So those are the top five there um, that Lamar would meet in the middle of. I don't... Where is... Aaron Rodgers in the midst of all this. That's probably that's probably speculating that Aaron Rodgers won't be his contract will be because I I don't think his contract is guaranteed now at this point. Same thing with Tannehill. I was gonna say these are numbers as of yesterday. Neither of their contracts heading forward are guaranteed. I believe. I guess that's fair. Yeah. So apparently Lamar Jackson will be set to make um, around forty five point four five million. Now that's also contingent upon him signing that exclusive tag. Ravens don't get a deal done. We sign the tag when Lamar, Lamar signs the tag and plays under that for the season. All the tag, all the tag means is, okay, you you're allowed to negotiate. Only one team is allowed to negotiate with you. That's us. Yep. And now, and now the Ravens can do as they want with Lamar Jackson. Of course, the obvious thing for Ravens fans is sign it, sign him to the to the deal that he so rightfully deserves. If you're the rest of the NFL, it then becomes a matter of okay, they're just doing this just so they can now talk to every team in the NFL and take their time and figure out what trade package they want to take. Yeah, well, we'll be able to get more than just two first round picks. Correct. Correct. Yeah, if if the, if no exclusive tag was designated to Lamar Jackson, he could have signed a 
mega deal to some other team that the Ravens weren't able to match, and boom. Lamar leaves, and all we get in return is two first-round picks. Yeah, and it could absolutely just royally screw us. Right. So in this, so with this now, if the Ravens do happen to trade Lamar, at least now we will be able to determine what we do get in return. God, I hope we sign into a deal. <laughs> um, I mean, related to that, the salary cap is also jumping about $16 million. Um, that with that $16 million, $16 million jump in the salary cap now being at $240 million, the Ravens have somewhere in the neighborhood of about 30 to $40 million in cap space. The last I saw, the Ravens had 28. I could have my number wrong. I, I, were, I, I very well could. But they were still eighth in most yeah. salary cap, but it was around that 28 mark. Mm, let's see here. That was via quite a few pages on Twitter. According to over the cap right now, the team cap space is $26 million. Well, there you go. Um, wow, that's a heck of a tweet. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I'm curious to see what happens um, and how they get it down. You know, they get the numbers down. They get, you know, the deal done. Um, it's definitely going to be a more of a backloaded deal. I mean, that that's that's how most deals are, are, are trending now at this point. Backloaded, a lot of money in cash up front. Mm-hmm. Keep the salary cap numbers low. Um, I hope the Ravens get a deal done with Lamar Jackson. Only time will tell. Yeah, I mean, oh, I mean, I'm very, I'm very optimistic about the fact that we will. Um, of course, it'll take us having to do some renegotiations. I think with with a good bit of people, um, Roddy Stanley, Marlon Humphrey, Mark Andrews. Um, you could see us cutting Calais Campbell, uh, just in order to save the money. Um, Chuck Clark being traded, Patrick McCarry being traded, Gus, uh, Michael Pierce, uh, being cut, Gus Edwards being cut. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying all those are going to happen. Um, those are just some options of what the Ravens can do in order to alleviate some money and free and free up some cap space. Gus Edwards would be traded before he's cut. Uh, I would agree. I don't, I don't, I don't think we would get a lot in return for him. Probably a late day three pick six or seven. Most I, li- most I, likely. I see like a five. Um, he's still a very productive back. He is. It's just running backs are a dime a dozen. Yeah, I'd see like maybe a five. Yeah, um, but Look, the, if the, we can trade a backup kicker for a five, I think we can trade Gus Edwards for a that's, five. That's that's a damn good fucking point. <laughs> You're like, wow, all right, you you talked me into that. Yeah, one. I'll I'll give you that one. That was a good point. <laughs> um, but ultimately, I do think I do think the Ravens will get a deal done. It's just a matter of when at this point, and and how much it's going to be for. Um, he's going to command the bag no matter where he ends up going, whether he stays in Baltimore, whether he gets traded. Um. But I just I I don't think the Ravens are the the Ra- the Ravens know their value in Lamar Jackson. I don't think they're going to be willing to trade him. No, not anytime soon. But there are uh, there is one team that's willing to trade, and they're willing to trade a lot for uh, for something that, that that might not be worth it. I've said it before; it's not worth it. So there's there's two big coaching hires that happened today. Uh, one of them was kind of to be expected. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's has officially accepted the offer to be the head coach of the Houston Texans. Um, I think that's a phenomenal hire for them. We both said it. 
uh, I think Friday we talked about it a little bit. Um, he just got to get the right OC in there, help him run that offense. Um, whoever he decides he wants to take at quarterback, they're at two. Um, as long as somebody doesn't move up to one to take exactly who they want. But I think if they walk away out of the draft with CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, they're not too pissed about it. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe they wait till twelve to take a quarterback. Who knows? Maybe D'Amico Ryan thinks to himself, "Man, I cannot pass up on Will Anderson or Jalen Carter." Yeah, you know that that'll all remain to be seen. Of course, um, you know, headlining the best defense in the NFL this past season. Um, you know, he's definitely going to be shifting the culture there in Houston, or at least, or at least you would think he would. Uh, shifting the culture on the defensive side of the ball to being, you know, as dominant as they were during the JJ Watt days. Um, that that's definitely something that's been lacking for the for Houston for a while. The offense has been there somewhat, but the defense has just been abysmal. Um, now the whole team is just fucking abysmal. Um, but that's that's beside the point. Um, yeah, all they all they really need need to do is just get get that right offensive coordinator, the the right guy in there in order to run the offense. Figure out exactly what they want to do as far as you know quarterback goes. Oh yeah. Um, They'd be they'd be foolish not to take one in the first round. I don't think they'd be able to get one at twelve. Well, see, I think what would happen is if they decided that they wanted to take Will Anderson or Jalen Carter at two, um, the Cardinals are going to be on the phone, and be like, "Hey, y'all want this? You're picking the quarterback. Who do you want?" Yeah, like the Cardinals are going to be salivating if that happens. I think I think at twelve potentially somebody could fall to them. Um, like like at twelve. The Texans could come back around and grab somebody. Um, now, I mean, like they're not going to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I think I think the most likely scenario scenario at twelve at least if they if they were to wait that long, I think would be Anthony Richardson. Um, but with hiring a defensive head coach, you would have to get like a stud OC in order to bring him in and be like, okay, look, we understand you're a project. We're going to let you have your lumps and just do what you want. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a little bit more of a dangerous game to be played. Seahawks quarterback, I guess in coach? Seahawks quarterback. Come on, phone. Fucking lock it in. Dave Canals is getting a second interview for the Ravens offensive coordinator job. Uh... But what I'm saying at 12 is you're looking at teams that could take a quarterback in front of you. Maybe the Titans at 11. Uh, the Panthers at 9, potentially. I think they will. Um, the Falcons at 8. Maybe. Um, the Raiders at 7. Depending on what, what they go with and, and how free agency pans out for them. Um, Seahawks at 5. Cardinals at 4. Or Cardinals. Uh, Colts. Colts at 4. Um, they could be taking a quarterback as well. I mean, there's a lot of teams in front of you at 12 that's going to take a quarterback. I think if you're going to take one, you got to take them at two. But like I said, I could see D'Amico Ryan's also being like, you know what? There's some defensive talent here. I just can't pass up. <sighs> yeah, I th- I think I think that it, I think that is possible. Um, I mean, the Texans are in a real interesting situation now with as far as what they end up doing. Um, so you know, who knows what what the decision ends up actually being. Um. But ultimately, I think um, I think the Texans did get the best guy available. 
um, to coach the team. I think they were the ones who really won this. I won the coaching search. Not taking anything, uh, not taking anything away from uh, the Panthers hiring Frank Reich. Uh, I was a very, I'm a very, very big fan of his. I was really hoping that he would end up being hired as a Ravens OC. But D'Amico Ryan's has been in charge of that defense now for two years since Robert Sala left. Mm-hmm. They didn't skip a beat. Um, I think the Texans definitely did get a good hire. Um, but the other hire that happened today, uh, the Denver Broncos uh, have reached an agreement with Sean Payton. Uh, they have reached an agreement to sign him after the D'Amico Ryan's deal. Uh, didn't go their way. Um, he was the guy that they were zeroing in, zeroing in on. He eventually chose the, the Texans. Uh, so now the Broncos will be signing Sean Payton. Um, and, of course, there is some compensation that is going back to New Orleans in order for this to happen. That will include their 2023 first-round pick, which is pick number 30, next year's second-round pick, and they will be receiving Sean Payton and next year's third from the New Orleans Saints. Thoughts on this hiring slash deal? So, I like it and I hate it at the same time. Okay, let me hear it. I'll start with why I like it. The Broncos are a very good team. They have a lot of talent over there, both on the offensive side of the football and the defensive side of the football. Very talented team. Um, They're kind of in a win-down mode, and that was very apparent when they decided, hey, we're going to move off of all of our quarterbacks and bring in Russell Wilson. They thought they were a quarterback away, and that's all they needed. Now, last year was a bit of a shit show. I believe that had more to do with Nathaniel Hackett than it did Russell Wilson, but that's just my opinion. So you're like, we got to get the offense right. We got to get the head coach right. Sean Payton's a guy that's been there before. He's won a Super Bowl. Uh, granted, it's been, what, 12, 13, 14 years at this point? From what? From his last Super Bowl, if not longer than that. When the hell did that one? It was like 08, 09? Super Bowl 44 they won. Around 56 to 12 years. 12 years. There you go. Um, so it's been 12 years since his last Super Bowl. I mean, he's been to the playoffs. He's been to NFC Championship games. He's He's... he's He's a relatively accomplished coach. Yeah. Very smart. He understands the offensive side of the football very well. It's a good hire in those regards. I think it's a terrible decision to send away a first and a second for a head coach. That's a terrible decision. I hate that idea. I really That do. is a terrible decision. But it's the fact that the Broncos were like, hey, we want D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans is reported to go to the Texans. All right, well, we're going to fly into Ann Arbor and talk to Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh says, fuck you, I'm still staying in Michigan. I told you guys that. Right. What, what did you not understand about that? So they made an offer to Sean Payton. And they were like, hey, D'Amico, you sure? You sure you don't come out here? He's like, no, I'm signing with the Texans. Right. They're like, all right, well, Sean Payton's our guy. That tells me Sean Payton was option number three. Yeah. You're giving up a first and a second for option number three? Good Lord, what, were you, what would you have been willing to give up for D'Amico Ryans if he was your number one option? Like, goodness gracious. Secondly, I think it's a terrible move for Sean Payton. Because you're now stepping into a team 
that is strapped on cap space. Yeah. Like, Russell Wilson is a very talented quarterback, and at least you kind of have that locked in, but you don't have the flexibility within the numbers to really do too much with that. Like, you could walk into a place, Houston, where you get to go draft a rookie quarterback, and you have all the cap space in the world there Mm -hmm. because you're not paying your quarterback $47-plus million a year. So I mean I think it's a, I think it's a good move and a bad move at the same time. Um mostly giving up a first and a second for a head coach is just outrageous. Yeah, I mean I I I definitely agree with you. Um you know Sean Payton is regarded as this as this offensive guru, but you know if 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 you think about it, you know a lot of his success was on the back of um Drew Brees. Yeah. You could you could absolutely claim that. I mean, he didn't really have a whole lot of success without Drew Brees. I mean, taking a look at offensive rankings, I mean, in twenty 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 one was his last season with the um the twenty the twenty 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 one season was his last season with the Saints. They were ninth in offense. I mean, they weren't even in the top in the top fourteen the the next year. Granted, he wasn't there, so that has something to do with it. But, I mean, fifth, Drew Brees was here still. 17-18, they were fifth. 16-17, they weren't, even on the, they weren't even in the top ten. So, I mean, yeah, you're, you're bringing in this guy with the thought of, okay, look, we're going to go ahead and try and re- just redo the, um, get the offense right on track. Uh, this is the playoffs. I don't give a fuck about the playoffs. There we go. That's a little better. Heavens to Bessie. <clears throat> but the whole thought is like, okay, we're gonna go ahead and bring in this guy. Let's go ahead and um, let's let's get the offense back on track because of course that's all that's all we need. But to your credit, you're giving up for a first round pick for a coach who, I mean, what's he done? Yeah, I mean it's it's a fair question. I have a question for you. Sure. So, Sean Payton was like trying to recruit like an all star coaching staff. Yeah. One of which being Vic Fangio, mm-hmm. who was a former head coach of the Denver Broncos, right? Who allegedly took an offer to be the defensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins. Yep. That apparently defensive coordinator. What I say? Offensive. Oh, either way, terrible decision. Either way, um, Vic Fangio apparently said he was going to be the DC, or they said, um. Dolphins said that Vic Fangio was going to be their DC. According to Vic Fangio, that's not necessarily true. Like he never put pen to paper saying like, "Yeah, that's going to happen." Um. Now it's Sean Payton. Like I said, was supposed to have Vic Fangio be his DC. Now Sean Payton has taken his job. Two years later. Do you think Vic Fangio comes back to be the defensive coordinator of the Broncos? God, that would be something, wouldn't it? There's also rumors about Vic Fangio potentially heading to uh, San Francisco to take D'Amico's job. That'd be interesting. That would be interesting. That really would. Um, Gosh, could you imagine all that, that going down that way? Could you imagine someone like Brian Flores? going to be the defensive coordinator of the Broncos after uh, Elway laughed in his face for a, an interview? Like Sean Payton wanting to bring him in for D.C.? That'd be something. That would be something. 
I mean, I th- I think the I I think I think the problems for the um the problems for the Saints are Saints. Good grief, the Broncos are much more are much more deeply rooted than it is than it was just for with Nathaniel Hackett being there. I think I think the I think the Russell Wilson experiment ex- experiment is gonna flop big time. Um, I think he's gonna be a, a shell of him, a, a shell of himself. Um, for the remainder of his time in Denver, I think it's gonna be one of the worst contracts you ever see in the NFL. Um, I said it all along. I would I would never trade a first round pick for a quarterback for for a uh, for a head coach. I would never do that. That first round talent is usually so. So pivotal, right? And you have to you have to say to yourself, okay, what is more valuable? A first rounder. You're picking thirtieth. So who's going to be there? Tackle, wide receiver. If you decide to move off somebody, secondary help. Secondary help. Definitely a bunch of corners are going to be there. Let's say, um, let's just say um, Brian Branch. No, Eli Rex. He's the guy who's trending in the, in the end of the second, end of the first round, beginning of the second. Are you saying that a first-round corner to go alongside Patrick Sertan is less valuable to your team than a head coach who hasn't coached in the NFL since 2021 and only had his success because of a Hall of Fame quarterback? Right. According to the the big board here on ESPN for like the, the NFL draft, uh, where is Eli Ricks? Eli Ricks is falling down the board. Apparently, he's the number 17 corner. For best available. So obviously all of them are left. Eli Ricks is 17. Joey Porter Jr., number one. Great success. I think it depends on who you talk to. Christian Gonzalez is two. For corners. Um, but still, I mean, you know, not not even corner, but, you know, just anybody in the first round. Is, is, a, is a first rounder for your team, youth for your team, is that more valuable than a coach? Like just to put into perspective, the Ravens traded away a second and swapped force with the Bears, and AJ Klein, and AJ Klein for Roquan Smith, who made a very big impact on the defense. That was a second round pick. Who, if Roquan Smith started the season with the Ravens, he probably would would have been in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Probably would have. He probably would have. Yeah. But I mean, that's then that's a second round pick. Now imagine giving up a first round pick. And even so, I mean, I mean, next year they don't even have a second, and they don't have a first. I think. Uh, da, da, da. yeah, they might not. I don't think they do. I gotta go. In, I gotta go into our PFF mock drafts here and see what see how it looks. Hey, but they have another third. You know, they got a third from the Saints. Well, that's all good and fine. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh they do have a first next year. Huh. Interesting. Ugh, excuse me. All in all, I mean, I I think that I think it's a terrible move, personally. Um, not a move that I would have made. Um, I'm very fortunate that the Ravens don't have to worry about making that move. Um, because if we traded the first round pick for a head coach, I'd be pissed. If you're a Broncos fan, I think you're pissed. You're happy. You're happy you got your guy in Sean Payton, but I think you're pissed that it's costing you a second, a first, a first, and a second round pick. Yeah, I mean you're probably happy 
you got your coach, but yeah, like you said, you're you're pissed that right. you had to give up a first and a second. To hell with that third that New Orleans is sending him. To hell with that pick. Yeah, I mean threes don't really mean shit. Yeah, no way. What a time to be alive, man. I'm just waiting for the Lamar Jackson contract. It's really all I care about at this point. I care about two things. Lamar Jackson contract and who they bring in at OC. Yep. That's it. That's all I care about. Everything else everything else doesn't really matter to me at this point. Mm-mm. Nope. Maybe trade a third for DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe trade a third for DeAndre Hopkins. Or you could do like me in the mock draft that I did and trade away 22 for Stephon Diggs. I know. I'm just being an ass. Maybe something though. Let me something. I keep trying to trade a third. I keep trying to trade third round picks for uh, um, DJ Moore. They won't take it. No bastards. It. Yeah, pisses me off every Maybe time. Maybe try a third for Chris Godwin. Tried. Won't take it. Done the same thing for Mike Evans too. <sighs> they won't take it. No. Maybe try a third this year and a fourth next year. Tried. Still won't do it. Mm-mm. Uh, try give him a third, a fourth, and Chuck Clark. Are you doing it now? Try. We're gonna find out live. Yes. Yeah, I'll try. Let's see. Perfect. Show me the money. What does it say? The percentage is. I haven't gotten that far, Chief. <laughs> Come on. A third, a fourth, and a fifth. A th- no, a third this year. Yeah. Fourth next year, and Chuck Clark. For Chris Godwin. They accepted it? What did it say the odds were? It'll likely to be accepted. Yes! Ravens, there you go. Hey, Eric DaCosta, what's up, buddy? How we feeling? EDC. What's up? I can that, use was, that was for Chris Godwin. It said the same thing for Chuck Clark. Or the same thing for Mike Evans. All right. So we're getting somewhere. A third, a fourth, and Chuck Clark for for a, a number one receiver. Mm-hmm. Hey, how about it? Who'd have thought? Not me. Not me. I also tried to trade a fifth, a sixth, a seventh. A five, a six, a seven, and a future four for Jalen Ramsey. It didn't work. Ah, didn't swing at it. Can't count it. If you ever just want to like dick around and have fun with like mock drafts and everything like that, go into PFF, search up their mock draft simulator. You can just have a whale of a time. Change the settings. Change the settings. Make it as most make it as random as possible and as logically Im- like like make logic impossible. I we did it, and I got Jalen Carter, arguably the number two overall prospect in the draft, two or three. At 22 for the Ravens. Makes no sense. That should not happen. No. But it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I had a blast doing it. I'm going to do another one after this. Like, if you ever just want to see kind of what like what it looks like, how it might play out, or shit, if you just want to go on there and just give yourself something to do, because you hear us talking about it all the time and you're curious about where we go, PFF Mock Draft, you can just have the world is at your fingertips. Just Just have some fun. Yeah. You can only trade away one player at a time, though. Understand that. 
Yeah. You can't you can't trade away the roster for Patrick Mahomes. So don't even try. I wonder if it is possible to trade for Patrick Mahomes in this. All the first round picks you can and maybe like three so what, three ones, three twos, maybe a third, and Chuck Clark for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> we don't have a two. No no. I'm about to be. I'm about to do it as the uh, as the Texans and see what happens. All right, do it as the Texans. We're gonna do that off air though. So let's go ahead and hop one out of here, buddy. Okay. Let's. Uh, we got we got some editing to do. The new mock draft is posted. I don't know if Poppy did say that or not, uh, but it is up. Mock draft 3.0, the one we did on Friday, yeah, is I finally, posted. I finally got to it on Instagram. Go ahead and check it out. You can also check us out on TikTok. Um, I'm on TikTok making uh, Bengals fans angry. Um, it's literally just one. He was very upset that I called Joe Burrow fake. Um, but was, I, that yeah. brings me a little bit of joy, so I'm glad that he was able to do that for me. Um, let's go ahead and get out of here. We'll see everybody on Friday. Y'all have a good week, and stay safe. Yep. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. We'll see you on Friday. See ya.